I'm Amanda Pittman, and this is the Confident Woman Podcast. This podcast was created so I could have candid conversations with my confident committee. We'll talk about what you care about most, walking in your purpose, finding freedom, and becoming the woman God created you to be. So come join the committee, sis. We're going to chop it up, keep it real, and change the world. Welcome back to this episode, guys. In this episode, I am giving an exclusive chapter reading of my new release, Change. Shed what was never you to reveal who you've always been. Guys, I'm so excited about this. I just launched for pre-order and hey, I want you to get your copy. You need it ASAP. Everybody needs this book. Everybody needs change. In this book, I break down the framework, the life cycle of change. Stage one is belong. Stage two is shed. Stage three is develop and stage four is change. Now, I felt led to give you guys an exclusive chapter reading of my book. Now, I could be charging for this audiobook, but I love you guys so much that I want you to hear this even if you never get the book. Now, listen, you need to get the book. You need to, okay, sis? But I wanted you to be able to even get a sneak peek listen into the first stage of the life cycle of change, which is belong. I hope you enjoy, sis. Let's get reading. Who would have thunk that I would fumble this conversation? No matter where I went, the church or the world, I didn't fit in. I stuck out like a sore thumb. Heading nowhere fast, Justin eventually gave up on me and changed conversations. I walked the rest of the way not saying much as to not ruin the vibes anymore with my PC spacey arguments. I just wanted to forget that one of my deepest fears was playing out. That I would never be palatable to those who I wanted acceptance from. That I would always feel socially awkward, and I would never know the right things to do or say, and that neither the church nor the world had a place for me to belong. I just wanted to escape. I needed a drink. Whenever I wasn't left alone to my own thoughts, the party was fun. I masked my feelings with spiked punch and a fake smile. I danced with a tall, happy guy, cheered on some people playing beer pong, chatted with some sorority girls, spent time in the bathroom drunkenly critiquing my body, left the bathroom trying to forget, drank some more. I found Robbie and used his social cred to introduce me to new people. I watched people dance and laugh. I danced and laughed a few times myself. I drank some more. After that night, I staggered back drunk with Robbie to his dorm room. His place was our spot to crash. His room to welcome me with the smell of polo black cologne, engineering textbooks, and semi-clean laundry. Having spent most of my sophomore year with my dread-headed best friend, this smell had become my comfort. We sat outside of his room to talk, giving his roommate a chance to sleep. My world was spinning, but I definitely hadn't drank enough. Not enough to stop the negative voices in my head. I slid down the wall, crouching to a plop. I supported my head with my hand, looking down as tears started to well up in my eyes. I let the warm tears trail down my face. My thoughts taunted, you don't fit in. People don't like you. Remember that conversation with Justin? Yeah, you screwed that one up. You don't say the right things. You're too flippant when people are serious, and you're too uptight when people are having fun. You can't get it right. You're an imposter. What's going on? 
Robbie said, unaware of the internal battle I was losing. Nothing, I said, too prideful to admit my seemingly trivial insecurities. Why are you crying? Robbie asked gently, as a good friend should. I had too much of a buzz to keep it all inside. I just let go. With streams running down my face, I complained, why does it feel like I never fit in? Robbie didn't seem empathetic anymore. He seemed annoyed. He looked around with a frustrated sigh, his swinging dreadlocks accenting his every move. What? I said defensively, snapping out of my drunken sob. He shook his head. Nothing. It didn't sound like nothing. Now I was becoming frustrated. What is it? Why do you seem upset? I slurred. <sighs> do you want to know why I think you don't fit in? Why? I asked, desperate. He turned his head one last time, looking around. The anticipation was killing me. I couldn't stand his grandiose pauses, especially right now. I remembered that he was drunker than I was. It always made him so much more dramatic. When he turned his face to look back at me, he seemed different. He seemed stable, sure, and sober, almost authoritative. When he opened his mouth, his voice sounded different too. Because I believe God has a plan for your life. I was stunned. I wasn't expecting that. Not from him. Not right now. I was speechless. I had to catch my breath. Robbie didn't look like that. Robbie didn't sound like that. Robbie couldn't have thought that up on an average day, let alone while drunk after a long partied out night. Plus, it was exactly what I needed to hear. The entire night I had been running from God, all while God was chasing me down. This was his opportunity to finally grab my attention. In that moment, I knew beyond the shadow of a doubt that I heard the voice of God. Although I grew up in church, this was an unfamiliar message. The Christian life was about what I could do for God, but never what God could do for my future. I never heard talk about purpose. I never heard talk about a plan. To me, the Christian life was about living differently than the world by doing the right thing. I had to figure it out on my own. I didn't think that God would deliberately lay out a path for my life. Suddenly, my frustrations made sense. The voice of truth dispelled every lie. Of course, I couldn't fit in with the people who didn't know God. I wasn't called to be influenced by them. I was called to influence them. My life had value, purpose, and intention. God cared so much about me that he himself wouldn't allow me to choose the wrong path. He knew that I couldn't afford to be out of alignment with his perfect plan. As long as I was running from God, hoping for approval and acceptance, then I would never recognize my true identity. God has a plan for your life. Fitting in is a losing battle when you're marked by God. The Apostle Paul in the book of Galatians explains it this way. Am I trying to please people? If I were trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. I would take this verse a step further and assert that people-pleasing is a form of idolatry. That night, I was idolizing the opinions of people. I sought to please them, and who you seek to please becomes the God of your life. 
If you work to please God, then you prove your identity as both a servant and daughter of God. However, if you strive to please people, then you belittle your God identity. I had been running from God, hoping to abandon my identity. I felt as if God failed me. My life had been marked by pain. I no longer wanted to be identified by the God who seemed to let horrible things, fatherhood rejection, rape and a cheating boyfriend, falling into depression and suicidal thoughts, happen to me. I couldn't make sense of how a loving God would let my soul rot in pain. Little did I know that no matter how far I ran, I took my identity with me. I couldn't erase the mark of God. I couldn't emancipate myself as a daughter of God. No matter how much I drink, I couldn't escape his plan. He was the one who was calling me that night. He was the one who pursued me, grabbing my attention twice in one night. He never let me out of his sight. Even when you lose sight of your identity, God doesn't lose sight of you. He loves you too much to abandon you. Many times, we attempt to forfeit our true identity as children of God because we're hurt. It's easy to allow your pain to shape your view of God and instead of allowing God to shape your view of pain. When you try to forfeit your identity as God's daughter, you look to the world to father you. You ask for people to define you. You put the power of your value and worth in the hands of fickle humans. You say to them, define me. When your creator is saying, I already have. You surrender your God authority to people who don't even know him. In short, if you've submitted your life to Christ, if you've prayed the prayer of salvation, then your new identity is child of God. When you belong to God, you can't find the satisfaction of approval from others. Their approval is a cheap substitute for the real thing. Let's look at what scripture says about our identity. See how very much our Father loves us, for He calls us His children, and that is what we are. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know Him. 1 John 3, 1-3 This scripture presents that those in the world don't know God and therefore won't comprehend the God in you. You'll strive and strive for their approval only for the reward of rejection. The tension is there because believers don't have the same father that you do. Their father is the devil, John eight forty four. They don't share your DNA and they don't speak your language. You speak the language of heaven and they speak the language of hell. Even if you learn their language and speak their language, they will hear your accent. You can be fluent in hell, but someone will inevitably say, you sound funny. You're not from around here. You're a daughter of the highest God. You belong to the kingdom of heaven. Stop playing small when you were made to be big. You didn't belong to those people anyway. You belong to God. You live for an audience of one. If you please unbelievers, then you're really just making their demons smile. Why would you want applause and approval from people that the enemy applauds and approves of? Your job is to pull them out of darkness, not succumb to it. No matter how hard you'll try to dim your light, the Holy Spirit is too bright. Demons recognize the Holy Spirit, even if you're trying to conceal him. God will not be compromised. If you're a child of God, but you haven't been living like one, then God is going to go to great lengths to get your attention. He will allow you to experience the tension, dissonance, and frustration of being a square peg in a round hole. Discomfort in the world is there to push you towards comfort in God. God doesn't want you to feel comfortable being someone you're not. He'll let you feel rejected. He'll allow you to feel different. 
He will allow you to feel lonely. Why? Because God's love is better than anything the world has to offer. The feeling of loneliness is an invitation for intimacy with God. God wants to give you more. He knows that if He can get along with you, you'll experience His abundant love and grace. He'll speak identity over you. He'll reveal His plan for you. My son will do things just like me. My husband likes to make fun of me and say, You act just like Bean. The truth is that Elijah, a.k.a. Bean, acts just like me. Why? Because he's my son. He has my DNA. Even if he goes to great lengths to change his behavior, he still looks like me. He still, still bears my last name. I birthed him. No matter where he goes in life, that will never change his identity as my son. This concept holds true when we're born again. Through God, we're birthed into a new spiritual family. We have God's spiritual DNA, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit changes us, making us more like God. No matter where we go, how far we stray, the Holy Spirit bears our identity. You may think a little compromise is fine, but the Holy Spirit inside of you, the one who confirms your God identity, will tell you otherwise. You'll feel two-faced when you post a promiscuous photo. You'll feel deceitful when you join in the gossip. You'll feel like a fraud when you're in a sin-filled environment. Even others will be surprised when they see you behaving in a way that contradicts your identity. They'll say, it's confusing to see you post something like that. I thought you were different. Or, what are you doing hanging out in a place like this? Everyone sees it, even if you want to deny it. You are filled with the Holy Spirit. You are of royal blood. You are an image bearer of God. Do you need a reminder of who you are? Are you like how I was after the night of parting, soaking over the hopelessness of the world, realizing that it will always leave you dry? Maybe you're saved and spirit-filled, but you've been seeking the approval of people. Maybe you've lacked a sense of identity, so you've been looking outside of yourself to find it. Maybe you've never heard anyone speak purpose or identity over your life. Maybe you don't feel loved by God, cherished by God, or chosen by God. Maybe you just feel like you don't belong. I want to tell you this. God has a plan for your life. You are a child of God. You carry his DNA. There is nothing you can do to outrun his love. There is nothing you can do to earn his acceptance. You are not made to fit in. You are made to stand out. God accepts you. God is beside you. God sees you. He hears you. He feels what you feel. You are known. You are loved. You belong. Assume your authority and stand in your identity. All right, guys, that's the end of today's conversation. If you're a part of the Confident Committee, then do your part. Leave a review, a five-star podcast rating, and spread the word. I also want to invite you to the 2020 Change Conference hosted by me. This is where we're going to have a three-day weekend experience in June of 2020, solely dedicated to shedding what was never you to become who God calls you to be. You can purchase a ticket at www.confidentwomanconference.com. If you haven't already, join our Facebook community and follow us on Instagram at Confident Woman Co. As always, stay confident.